0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles, your podcast for everything Smart Cities, action, investment and outcomes. My name is Adam Beck, your host of the Chronicles and of course my day job is Executive Director of the Smart Cities Council for the Australia and New Zealand region. Uh, Welcome to episode 69 of the Chronicles uh, and today uh, a special episode. Uh, I haven't had many of these but I have the delight of speaking to yet another Uh, local uh, government elected official. And today on the line with me is uh, Mayor Teresa Harding from the City of Ipswich. Hello, Teresa. How are you?
1: I'm very well, Adam. Thank you for the invitation.
0: No pleasure. Thanks, um, firstly, so much for squeezing us in uh, to your calendar. You've been in the job for a whole sort of 15 days or so. How's it going so far?
1: It's It's uh, been very full on, but absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of enthusiasm out here in Ipswich for its new council.
0: Excellent. Um, our listeners are scattered all over the world. Mm. Could, could I ask you to do two things? One, sort of a quick bio, because you, you do have... Um, uh, sort of a, a very relevant uh, background uh, for today's conversation, but also maybe a little bit about uh, Ipswich, where, where it is geographically. We, we do have a lot of overseas listeners, so mm-hmm. um, can I can I get you to kick off there, please?
1: Sure, thanks, uh, Adam. Um, I have I uh, guess thirty years' experience in the IT, uh, defence, and aviation background. Um, I was in the army many many moons ago. Mm. Went to Duntroon. Uh, But really then gravitated to the IT industry and have worked in the private sector and the public sector and volunteered extensively in the not-for-profit sector in these fields. Um, As far as Ipswich goes, uh, it's a beautiful city. Um, It's actually the oldest provincial city in Queensland, um, which is the best part of Queensland. Mm -hmm. And it's about uh, 40 minutes west of Brisbane, which is the capital of the state of Queensland
0: um and ipswich to me is those beautiful sort of queenslanders with sweeping verandas and very long views out to sort of you know beautiful landscapes uh it is a is a delightful place i've been there many times um it's
1: got beautiful architecture out here it a doubt. is it yeah. is
0: it is uh okay so mayor harding your uh most recent Sort of experience around uh, data and IT, um, open data in particular, no, no doubt, sort of puts you in a uh, a, um, a a place of of introducing now into sort of local government um, the idea that uh, data is valuable, um, openness is is very much. Um, Uh, a a principle of of modern government. Can you share a little bit about, um, you know, how you're going to bring that value for data into being now a local government leader?
1: Sure. Um, In the last five years, I've actually led Open Data for the Queensland government. And out here in Ipswich, we had a a situation where um, um, the state government had to end up um, dismissing the council here for a variety of... um, um, corruption and, and governance issues. So we, we actually didn't have an elected uh, council out here for, for 20 months, we had an administrator out here. So I thought it was very important to, for people to feel trust in their local representatives again. And I thought one of the best ways to do that was um, be really open with how we spend money with, with and also be really open with how we consider items and how we make those decisions. And I basically ran on the fact that I'd, I'd open the books, let people know how things were going and make sure that everyone in the council actually did their job properly.
0: You know, there's a couple of uh, points in there, particularly <laughs> particularly when you say sort of open the books. Um, you know, at times I could understand that in some parts of, you know, the the political landscape that, that some would get quite nervous around that. Um, why... Um, how and why do you practically go about that? Um, you you had a commitment to sort of standing up a transparency and integrity hub, um, which is a, a fascinating but I think um, very very sort of bold uh, initiative and idea. Can you talk us through how how this this might play out practically and the role of the hub?
1: Yeah. Look. Um... We obviously voted in a new council, um, the previous council lost over $78 million, so I did campaign that we would open the books, but when the new council came together and we started doing workshops on what we wanted to do, it quickly became apparent that um, that the council wanted to not only publish what had happened in the past, but also continue to do that. We, we needed to do that for people to, to, to trust us, but also... Um, people had become really engaged in in what was happening here locally again. They were really engaged and we wanted to make sure we could tap into that to do some participatory um, things with them as well. So we went in, um, I guess we had our first council meeting after being in for 13 days and the signature policy was put up for a transparency and integrity hub and that passed through uh, council on on Monday, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, This hub will be a first for local government in Australia. And it's really designed to set that gold standard for public sector governance
0: I think there's a um, at times there's a there's a misconception out there not not by local government but by the community and others that that um, you know the the, the the budget of a of a local authority is is kind of their money when in fact it's sort of you know you're the custodian you know on behalf of sort of the taxpayer and the rate payer um are you um, are you expecting that um, the the opening up and being more transparent of of expenditure is is going to be something that the community will engage in? Have you got a sense of uh, how they're generally sort of um, accustomed to, or otherwise, the idea of of, of kind of reviewing, um, engaging, or indeed inquiring about um, how? you know, how budgets are sort of spent at a local government level? Have you got a sense of, you know, what you might expect there with the engagement with the community?
1: Uh, we've had tremendous engagement with the community. In, in fact, um, they've been pushing for this um, at every forum, um, door knocking, speaking to, um, to, to residents and ratepayers, businesses, you know, seniors, anyone in, in town um, wants to see how their money's being spent. I mean, it's their money, it's the public purse. Um, and they they deserve to know how their money is being spent and they deserve to be part of that decision-making process of you know do we spend more money on on, um, uh, better bus shelters or footpaths or do we um, upgrade our parking meters so we have more flexibility these are discussions that we have to have with people because it's their money
0: and and mayor from a data perspective let's talk data Mm. for a moment. I, I mean, I, I don't know what you've got access to there, but how do you feel that the that the city is is it equipped? Do you need to do some some uh, some aggregating, some cleansing? Where are you at from the data front? Are, are you ready to go yet, or you've got some work <laughs> work ahead of you? Uh,
1: of course, we're ready to go because it's going live on the first of July. So. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, there we go. So yes, um, it, it's something I'm. Um, Personally, keeping track on it every single day. Yeah, um, it's really important. Here in Australia, our financial year is from the first of July to the 30th of June, so it's really important that we have that ready for um for the next financial year.
0: And um, uh, you you mentioned that this is a um, this is looking like a local government first, uh, mm. at, at least yep. in, in Australia, and I and I think I can concur with that. Um, as a uh, the Smart Cities Council originated in the US, and I um, uh-huh. uh, I I've had exposure over the last few years, uh, to to a couple of um municipalities in that part of the world that um kind of started to get into the practice of this opening up the the finances and the books, and mm. um the, the first encounter I had actually was um when we were prepping for our major conference in San Diego, we were engaging with the city and I ended up on one of the pages on their website, trying to understand where they're at with data and, Mm. uh, and technology. And I stumbled across all of their financial data published. And I, and I thought for a moment I'd stumble across something I, I wasn't meant to see, but of course it turns out that, that that's what they do. And that was a little bit foreign for me as an Australian, but what I, um, what I kind of um, sort of just within a couple of minutes when I started seeing these bar charts and graphs and, you know, where, where money was being spent. And at the time uh, it was water infrastructure in San Diego. And, and mm. immediately I can sort of look at that and go, well, kind of that's where you'd probably want to sort of direct investment or action. Um, and, and not only as, as a local authority, but I imagine the community and entrepreneurs and businesses having this type of data available and accessible could could potentially really accelerate and ignite some great information uh, outside of government as well?
1: Well, I hope so. I mean, certainly here we're talking pure data, and I'll just look at just the financials, because there's a lot more data than just the the financials here. Um, In the council here, uh, very little was published. Um, Only purchases over 200,000 and um, they weren't archived It's only the last couple of months, all in PDF, so not machine readable, um, no policy dictating the timelines or no publishing schedule. So if you've got local businesses here who bid on work, let's just say it's a local road upgrade, and they missed out, they understand, but they'd like to know who got it, how much was the contract for, um, are they pricing themselves too high? Did they, you know, they need to know for when they bid for the next bit of work. So um, it's really important that, that we use the data. The businesses use the data, and the public um, can also see that data as well.
0: I imagine this is potentially going to create an opportunity um, in that, with 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 the council leading um, with this idea of openness and and sort of transparency, that you, you potentially sort of start building that culture outside as well. I mean, this is this is going to be a very very interesting but potentially powerful kind of um journey you're going to go on
1: i think so and i've got to say we obviously in the election when it's uh, previous council's been dismissed and obviously a lot of new names are in are running um here we had a really unusual situation i, I campaigned strongly on honesty opening the books um and doing the job properly but, but um you know you know, I won every single booth out here and um, I guess two candidates preferred it was 63% across the city. So it's a really strong mandate from people. So I can have those conversations with, with the councillors and within the council organisation that this is what the people want. They just want to know what's happening yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they want the opportunity to participate.
0: It it, it really brings in, um, uh, which is often hard to sort of tangibly think through on a day to day basis but just that that broader idea of democracy right in terms of mm. being, being able to participate and you know with without without trust uh, without confidence i suppose y- y- you really sort of damage the democracy brand I- is there a um is there a is there a sense of rebuilding here um, that you you sort of think is going to be uh necessary and 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 yeah uh, definitely j- j- yeah. just since just since the election yeah just since the election yeah. it it sounds like it's sort of moved pretty swiftly um but but it sounds like 2020 uh, which, uh, hit and, the and ground you,
1: uh, running i'll tell you that <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it's, this this is this is going to be a big year a lot of change in a short period of time
1: oh look and it's not just the the transparency and integrity hub that we will be setting up but um the meeting we had on monday was the first time that you know the elected councillors had actually been live streamed they Meetings had been done um, behind closed doors. Um, there was very little public participation and you should get one or two people attend. Um, really important part of democracy. And I'll go back to, I said I was in the army. My, my husband's a serving member of the air force. Our youngest one's in the army. And, um, my father was in the national service and both grandparents in the army. I mean, there's that, that um, when you put the uniform on and, and, and take the oath, you, you want to uphold mm. um, the the freedom and democracies that we have um, it's so important to certainly me and my family and personally um, that you know you're prepared to make the ultimate sacrifice it's so important um, that 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 our our freedoms are protected that our democracy is protected.
0: I um I I want to talk about value if I can mm. for a, for a moment because um you know the the idea is with one unit of expenditure you mm. know what one sort of reaps some value um i'm 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 trying to understand here and i'd love for you to sort of share your thoughts that um this um uh, and and of course transparency and opening up and data in general you know we, we, we need to be prepared that sometimes the data says things that we don't like, right? Yeah. Um, So, so the, the, um, the, the idea of, of sort of budget data being opened up is, is a really big opportunity to sort of drive your actions and investment in a way that is directly linked to value, I I would imagine. And that, and that's going to bring a level of, um, not just scrutiny, but it's—I'd imagine—it's going to allow you and and the administration and the staff to really sharpen their pencils on how money is spent and the social and economic uh, value that that sort of comes from that, because because that will ultimately be transparent, correct?
1: Absolutely, and really, I might just talk about data but I'll talk about, I guess, any technology or you know, smart city technologies and so on is. Um, It's got to benefit the residents. I mean, if it's Mm. um, it's got to stand on its on on its own um, as as meritorious for for the city to do. Um, So it it can't be just for a media release or a whiz bang. It actually has to deliver value um, to the residents. Otherwise, why would they do that? But I'll I'll tell you this: it's a bit like at the moment we have you know the COVID virus here. Um, Now, normally not we wouldn't want to spend um, every day every weekend at home uh, homeschooling kids and doing all the things that we're doing here in australia to, to self-isolate but we know the reason why and that's why we're doing it so i think in council in, in government um, or anyone in a leadership position we will have to do things that people don't like but if people know the why it, it's, it's it is more palatable
0: i um, <clears throat> uh i've been leading an initiative at the smart cities council um, under this umbrella, an idea of, of data leadership. Um, mm. and we've been trying to have a conversation and, and, build awareness, um, not, not in the weeds of data, uh, but mm-hmm. more sort of at that strategic level, you know, the more that we mm-hmm. can, we can value data, we can, we can convert it into insights and make better decisions The the better we'll all be. Um, so this idea of sort of data leadership is one that we've been, um, we've been playing mm-hmm. with. Can I go, um, can I go um, uh, to sort of that that real strategic leadership mm-hmm. um, level at the moment uh, for the moment and 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 talk about data? Um, now you, you you've come you know recently from an open data background and that's been your sort of life. You've been embedded day to day with that. Can I get you just for a moment look look above and beyond where you are in Ipswich? How do you how would you place? our nation more broadly and local government more broadly around that idea of data leadership i mean do you ever do you, do you look outside ipswich do you kind of think about where you sit and benchmarking and sort of what best practice does look like
1: definitely uh definitely benchmark what are what are other people doing What up cities doing what are other countries doing i mean Whilst this hub will be a first in Australia for local government, um, the concept's not new. You know, it's not new. Um, It it is um, happening in other cities and other countries around the globe. Um, And certainly when I was speaking to to councillors, I was giving them um, a a variety of examples from a multitude of different vendors to say this is what other countries are doing and this is what we should be doing here as well. So certainly case studies, benchmarking, how it's not always money. It, it's 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 about how can we make our city more livable? How do we make it more attractive? How do we make it so it's easier for people to go to work, uh, to drop the kids off at school, and to have more fun and more time with their family.
0: I um I, I know various parts of of Ipswich. You know there's the city centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spent a lot of time out at Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some other major. Sort of large greenfield communities opening up. You know, I- I- Ipswich as a as a place and a city is 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 very big and broad, and there's a lot happening. Uh, and I've always um, I've always known it as uh, as an administration that um, is certainly um, focused around economic development, attracting investment. Mm. Um, can you share with me uh, the the thinking or the ideas around? this enhanced level of transparency, openness, building trust and what that might do for investment attraction and economic sure. development?
1: I'll I'll just give a few stats if I can. I, I probably should have done it in the beginning when I talked about Ipswich. Um, apart from being a city that's 160 years old, um, we have 230,000 residents mm-hmm. and we're the fastest uh, growing part of Queensland. And uh, so in the next 16 years, our population will double.
0: Wow, okay so
1: so we have yeah. um, not only um, you know improving services, giving better value for money, but we have to do some really serious planning um, mm. to make sure that that we maintain our lifestyle, um, and, but part of that we also don't want to have dormitory suburbs where yeah. people come out and live here, but they have to leave if switched to work. So economic development and attracting um, investment here is is really important to us um and some of the things we've been doing here is um certainly the economic development section of the council have got a some business innovation and, intra- and entrepreneurship programs so we've had more than 250 startups uh, incubate out here in the accelerated we have an area called fire station 101 mm-hmm. that was our, our incubator and which had you know, great support from the state government here um and obviously even myself i've had training out here at, at fire station 101 to improve my digital skills so providing digital skills for people uh, at a high level as well as digital literacy for, for seniors. But look, in December last year, the Queensland government um, provided $5 million to, to council to to um, move Fire Station 101 to become a defence industry hub. Mm-hmm. Um, out here in Ipswich, we have the largest air force base in Australia, RAF Base Amberley. Mm-hmm. And we really want to leverage the um, all the aircraft that are out here, the C-17s, uh, the Super Hornets, um, Spartan, and all those aircraft, and get more defence contracts out here. So we were successful in securing... Um, Ipswich was successful in securing another big department of defence contract. Ryan Matella secured a $5 billion contract with defence, and they're one of the two last players... That, so that was to deliver 225 armoured vehicles, and they're now the last two suppliers in the final bidding for a $15 billion contract. Wow. Um, so these... Again, I'll put my defence hat on. Yeah. Um, defence... <laughs> Defense contracts are wonderful for a variety of reasons. One is it is a government contract, so it is money in the bank. The other thing is that when Australia usually buys something, um, a plane or a ship or a tank, we usually keep it on the books. We usually use them for about, you know, 20 or 30 years. So the jobs are long-term out here and the every a job, everything from sweeping the floor to procurement, admin, design, um, hands-on-the-tools management. So it's a variety of jobs as well for, for local people.
0: I, um, just in terms of jobs and the local community, um, let's just just touch on sort of COVID-19 for a Mm -hmm. moment. Um, I've sort of done a lot of listening um, around various, you know, cities and state government agencies the last sort of eight weeks. Um, It's certainly been, if, if municipalities or agencies weren't, digitally sort of enabled before they certainly are now um how how did how did uh how did the city of ipswich go like the administration how did your staff go with kind of the 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 transition to what was happening you know work from home how have you felt the the sort of digital capability was of of the administration
1: Mm. that's a really good question um Look, 80% of our office-based staff are working from home. And that's sort of rotating that. So we've got a lot of spacing. Mm. Uh, but people out in the field, um, we're doing things such as, instead of having two or three in a, in a ute, in a vehicle, um, we're, they're taking separate vehicles. Yeah. So there's that that impost. Um, we've been quite fortunate out here with the Westmorton Health region here. We've had a total of 37 cases um, of, of COVID. 36 have recovered. Um, and the last one just came out of the um, ICU yesterday and is recovering well. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those, um, actually, so none of them were from contact. It was all, all of the 37 cases were from people who caught it elsewhere with traveling, traveling, or from a close associate from someone who travelled. So um, I think the people who switch have been really responsible, and certainly council has been a responsible employer in trying to keep people as safe as possible while still, you know. Um, Doing the waste collection, maintaining the the parks uh, and and all the other services that council operate.
0: Yeah. And
1: and also a lot of community development um, support. So we have a lot of people who are suffering from loneliness or lost their jobs because of the restaurants closing and the cafes closing. So I think nearly everyone who works in hospitality lost their job. Some are starting to come back. But um, so things like charities like the Ipswich Food Barn have been inundated. Yeah. And so we've been very proactive in, in connecting people and, and supporting them. Uh, also here, the Civic Centre here normally has a lot of functions. Obviously, they've they've stopped. But we've got trucks that normally move food around or move um, 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 settings around. So we've repurposed those and they're now moving, um, you know, food around from Ipswich Food Barn to, to help local residents and stuff like that. So, yeah, they've it's it's a, a change but everyone's working together yeah. working
0: really well no no that, that's that's great to hear um i i i sort of have been observing that um that the for some in, in local government there's been almost a, a new appreciation for data um because we, we we've been wanting to understand what's going on with small business and how can we sort of help stimulate and create economic development opportunities um, as a uh, maybe maybe sort of just a, a quick personal question, as sort of like mm. a, a, a data person <laughs> a, and a lover of data or a data nerd.
1: And, and a lot of tech as well. Oh, yes. Yeah,
0: well, that, that, that's right. How, how do, you, hmm, do, do, do you think we will have a, uh, more broadly, the collective we, we will have a better appreciation for, for the value that, that data now provides us in making better decisions and investments?
1: I guess that just depends, Um, will people even be aware that they're they're using using data or they're... Look, I see data as as, um, it's another tool that we use when we're making decisions. I mean, another tool is our Mm. judgement as well and our our lived experiences. Um, I guess time will tell. Certainly, I I would hope um, to be a a data leader and and, and show with this uh, Transparency and Integrity Hub um, what it can mean to a community who seriously um, lost trust in their level of government out here, and 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 they deserve to lose the trust. So we've got a huge responsibility to build that back, but also make sure that we deliver services and value for money.
0: So what were we talking about? There? Was it was it? Did you say July one? First was of that, July. First of July. So can can you share sort of what what the year looks like? Um, you know, July one. What what, what happens after? what kind of happens after that? Is there multiple phases of, of the project that continues to evolve? What can you share?
1: Uh, we'll see how the, the public take it and see what they mm. think about um, publishing the, um, the books of the previous com- uh, council-controlled entities, which lost over $78 million. But in moving forward, um, just wouldn't it be great to do some uh, participatory budgeting, mm. uh, a bit of budget gamification, um, some planning tools and, and survey tools? just a whole lot of other contemporary smart city approaches to, to empower our community, I think would be really fantastic. Um, if I can plug I thing that another Australian first technology that we're doing here at Ipswich are the library pods. Oh,
0: so we okay. have,
1: yeah, so we have, um, mobile libraries are very popular out here, especially in the rural areas or the uh, more established areas in Ipswich and, um, obviously trucks and being on the road and things like that do cost money and stuff. So, we've got one set up in Carroll which is in a suburb north of, in the northern part of Ipswich. And so, it's in a shopping it's just in the sort of the court of the um, forecourt of the shopping centre there. And, you know, you just have, either have an app or your library card um, to swipe in and pick a book. Um, we've got hundreds of books there. You can request a book. So, um, there's a daily drop off the library. So, say so you want the latest um, the thriller that's, that's come out, um, and, you know, you can order it and it'll be there the next day. Um, there's a little drop box there, so you, you know just use your phone or your or your um, library card to to swipe open that box and take your your book. It's been incredibly um, popular. Uh, more people are using that and borrowing there than they did with the the uh, mobile library trucks. So it'll be really interesting to see um, how that goes.
0: You know, it's 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 fascinating. So some of the most simple, light touch smart city technology and data projects can be the most impactful at times um and i and we don't hear enough of those stories it's all these heavy big heavy technology (laughs) projects
1: so we had the situation obviously at that pod we, we we're paying rent for that but because it's been so popular um the other shopping centers are saying when are you putting one in ours (laughs) yeah, the the the
0: well, the double edged sword of providing because good it, services, yeah.
1: Yeah, because it does bring in foot traffic and that's what yeah. every you know shopping strip wants.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Mayor Harding, last question while we've got mm-hmm. you. Um if if we can l- looking forward more broadly for 2020, what what's exciting you? Uh what are you looking forward to? What would you like to share?
1: Well, I would hope by by the end of the year um, that social restrictions have eased off. That we've you know that no one in our community has got COVID virus and it's it's not there anymore. At least there's a, a vaccine out there. But I think that we're still going to have some social restrictions. I hope that the community's safe, um, and that's that's really important. Uh, next thing is that I hope that I, um, the council and I've gone some way to rebuild some of the trust. Um, that the previous council lost in our community, um, that they'll see the the first half of our budget being um, delivered and they'll see that their services are improving, they'll see how decisions are being made and that they'll start giving us more information on what they want to see in their community and we'll put that out to the test to see what other people want. So I hope that people will think that that they can trust us, um, that we have their confidence that we're doing our job properly and that, that we're approachable and that we're always making decisions with them in mind
0: well mayor i uh, i certainly uh, I, I certainly sort of share um uh a lot of those principles and sentiments and and aspirations. And I think uh, as a minimum, the community deserve that. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today and and sharing your vision. I know, know, as I mentioned, you're only sort of just under two weeks or over two weeks into it. So so, so we certainly really appreciate it that I, uh, I wanted to extend a, a, a thanks on behalf of the Smart Cities Council for joining us on the Chronicles podcast today. Thank you so much.
1: Look, I thank you for the, what you do as well. I mean, obviously, um, being in the field that I'm in, very much aware what uh, smart cities, um, very much involved with what the Smart Cities Council of Australia and New Zealand do, and and the papers and discussion papers that you publish, which are quite thought provoking. I probably should have talked about that when we talked about case studies, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, obviously, in the job that I'm in, I spend a lot of time in the community. It's it's really good to have a place where we can go and and, and you know. Get those little grey cells going on. Gee, that's a fantastic idea. I wonder if that would, if we could do that here. So, I, I value the, um, I guess, the leadership you're showing in this space as well, Adam.
0: No, well, well, thank you so much, Mayor. That's uh, that's great feedback, and we appreciate mm. that. Um, so, for our listeners, uh, our guest today has been Mayor Teresa Harding, uh, the the new incoming mayor for the city of Ipswich uh, here in southeast Queensland. Um, for those that aren't subscribing to the Chronicles, you can do so. Uh, head to your favourite. Uh, Platform where you get your podcasts, or head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com. You can always send us an email, which is chronicles at My name is Adam Beck, the host of The Chronicles. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll bring bringing you a new episode very shortly. Thank you so much.